Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real, and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So this week is Holy Week. (laughs) So Holy Week is the week leading up to Easter, Ah, basically. So we're going to actually be doing one of my favorite musicals of all time. This is more of a favorite than Pippin, more of a favorite than anything that we've done so far and anything we will be doing uh would it be on your top five list yes top three yes top two yes number one yes (laughs) this is a show that i've done twice and if i had the chance i would jump at the opportunity to do it again we're going to be doing godspell followed up by god counterspell (laughs) so it's an adaptation of the gospel of saint matthew And in this uh, context, gospel means good news. So there's where the gospel, God spell. Oh. Yes. It's a pun. Yes. And uh, it's from the New Testament. So it's the story of Jesus, basically. And they do take a little bit from the gospels of John and Luke, but most of it's Matthew. It was uh, written by John Michael Tebelak. And then the music was composed by Stephen Schwartz. The Schwartz and the Schwartz, the Schwartz is back. The Schwartz is back. And this was actually Schwartz's first full musical. Oh, so he wrote all of the songs for it? He wrote all of the songs for this one. And uh, this was after he had composed the title song for the play and movie Butterflies Are Free, which I mention because that was the song that Kier recorded on his album, Kier uh-huh. Delay. So... Yeah, I have to I have to mention that because Keir Delay is awesome. He's a good guy. He is. And Butterflies Are Free is a good song, and it's a Stephen Schwartz song. Uh, this was also Tebelak's first show, I believe, because this was his thesis at Carnegie Mellon. So that's a pretty good thesis to do then. Yes. He... Uh, he and Schwartz had done this for their project... And then in 1971, it had a off-Broadway premiere. Then it had a tour in Australia and a production in London. In London, wow, I can say words. <laughs> in London and in Toronto, uh, in 1971 and 72. I'm noticing that the U.S. is a, is not in there at all much. It's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, they had off-Broadway, but otherwise, yeah, not as popular in the U.S. at first. Uh, it was adapted to film with some of the original off-Broadway cast, um, as well as Victor Garber, who was in the uh, first Canadian cast of Godspell back in 1973. And they added in a new song for that called Beautiful City. And that song 
is one of the ones that's kind of a floating song where they'll either keep it in or take it out depending oh. on productions. Okay. Yeah. So it's non-crucial, but it just kind of it's, adds to it. It changes the tone of the show a little bit hmm. because Beautiful City is... We'll, we'll get to that song in this one because they okay. do use it, but it has a much more inspiring uh, message to it, and it actually makes it more obvious what the message of this show is. Okay. Uh, so I'm glad this production has it, then. Yes. Um, it went to Broadway in 1976 and kind of became more successful after that. It was revived again off-Broadway in 1998 and then again revived in 2000 before its 2001 national tour, which... So it was revived in 98 and then again in 2000? Yes. So what's the guidelines for something to be revived? Seems like it should be at least a decade. Well... Seems kind of weird to do it and then can... two years later it's another revival. Technically, if you're, cha if you're making big changes, um, I want to say in 98 that's about... 98 or 2000, uh, one of those two is when Beautiful City was like, the song is in the show, do not take it out. <laughs> um, and uh, there's, like, you, as long as you're making changes, it can be counted as a revival. So theoretically, someone could do a revival every year if, like, the show if wasn't they doing really well. Wanted and then... to. Oh, okay. Susical kind of had that, which we'll do that show eventually. Um, where they did not do well their first run. Um, but that's Susical. This is Godspell, which is different. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the 2001 National Tour, I actually had that soundtrack when I was younger, and that was my favorite revival of it until the 2011 revival that went to Broadway. Okay. Which is the version we're going to be watching. Oh, cool. This isn't the Broadway cast. It's the Hillsboro cast. Um, it was a community theater that did it. But um, the changes that they made in this one are the best that they have made. Period. Oh, cool. That's high they, praise considering how much you know about this. Yeah. Show. And I love the original. The original is absolutely amazing in its own right. I love this more. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really high praise coming yeah. from you. <laughs> it is. Uh, the cast is small, so you're going to have ten actors in the show. Is that normal for this show? Yes. Very rarely do you have a bigger cast than ten. You have eight non-biblical actors who, in the script or, uh, for the original version, are named for the original cast members. So you have Gilmer, Robin, Herb, Lamar, Jeffrey, Joanne, Sonia, and Peggy. Then you'd have a cast member who plays Steve, or who plays Jesus, sometimes called Stephen, for Stephen Nathan, who played him in the original, and a cast member who plays both John the Baptist and Judas, and they <laughs> call him David. And then the tradition was kind of carried on with the latest revival, with the eight non-biblical characters being Nick, Telly, George, Anna Maria, Lindsay, Uzo, Morgan, and Celise. All of the cast is on stage for much of the show, except for Jesus and John or Judas at the beginning. But after they're on stage, they're on stage the whole show. Okay. Um, it's also notable for much of the show relying on scripture, and many of the songs are actually taken from hymns or parts of scripture. 
So, like, it's updated. The language is updated. But you'll have, um, there are a couple of scenes that are the Beatitudes, which is the blessed or the weak for, uh, oh, I used to have these memorized. But basically, it's it's the blesseds, the Beatitudes. In fact, the opening is pretty much the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. Which, yeah, which I think, do you know a little bit about that one? Uh, a passing knowledge okay. of it, so. Yeah, that's, that's sort of Jesus's main sermon, is talking about, hey, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek, blessed are the uh, poor in spirit, all of that. Uh, rather than focus on the last days of Jesus's life, like Jesus Christ Superstar does, this is actually going to be focusing on what was said during his life, from his baptism and start of his ministry up to his death. Okay, so it doesn't focus as much on the, I don't want to say drama, but the drama revolving around his death, and it's more of the message of yes. what he, which I think is a better way to do it. To yeah, and this is why I like this more than Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, I'm going to prepare you for the mood of the show because it is different. It's not what you would expect when you think Jesus musical. I think a lot of guilt and drama. Yeah, there's not that. So there's kind of a weird clown analogy with it because it's kind of a goofy, lighthearted show at the beginning up to... Like, there are three scenes in the second act, including Jesus' crucifixion, that are not lighthearted moments. The rest of the show is really lighthearted. Uh, the disciples are kind of a bit goofy in how they present the parables because it's not just Jesus saying the parables, the disciples do it too. So um, they have, uh, you'll see there are moments where like uh, one of them will start telling the story of the Good Samaritan, where which you'll hear that story in this show. Um, and instead of it being Jesus telling the story, it's one of the disciples telling the story. And they do it in such a way that it's um, relevant to modern tastes. So they're not going to, they don't set it back in Judea. They don't set it in Bethlehem. They set it, like when we did it at the Grand, it was pretty much downtown Salt Lake. Okay. So it's it's just, it's the same kind of message and story but just updated for whatever time yes. period it's in yes so you'll actually get a lot of pop culture references in every production of this show updated for that time and that also is why you don't they don't call them jesus and mm -hmm. judah and, like they, they just call them whatever the name of the actors yeah except for jesus jesus does get oh called jesus, jesus is still jesus okay but in the script they'll have him written as stephen sometimes but he's the only one that really gets called jesus um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting too, because in making it relevant to popular culture, it's very similar to how these parables would have been told at the time that they were being told, because that was kind of, it's, it's more effective to frame things in a way that's more um, accessible to you. Like, if I was to tell you 
the parable of the Good Samaritan and you had no context of the background of how the Samaritans were considered uh, compared to their contemporaries in Bethlehem and around uh, them, you wouldn't know that a Samaritan's an unclean person. But they kind of... They, that one, I guess, isn't a very good example for this show because they do still call them a Samaritan in it, but the good Samaritan is the good guy in the show, in that parable. And so they'll, they'll do that sort of stuff. I'm kind of rambling a little bit Bible-wise. No, but you're fine, and I'm tempted to ask a question, but I think it will just showcase my ignorance about the Old Testament. What's up? Is a Samaritan someone who's from Sodom? No. Or, okay. Uh, they would be... Oh, gosh. I used to remember the whole history. And that's okay, because it's not relevant yeah, to the story. Yeah, it's not relevant to the story that we're telling. <laughs> but but I, uh, you know, I have, I have squirrel brain. So, You're hey, fine. what's this thought? Chase this thought. Um, I'm actually, speaking of the goofiness and the parables and everything, I'm going to do a direct quote from Stephen Schwartz regarding... Um, what's considered the clown analogy in uh, Godspell. This is from his notes from the script. There are often misconceptions about the concept of the clown analogy in Godspell. For instance, sometimes cast members are thought to be hippies or flower children. The concept was derived by John Michael Tebelak from a book by Harvey Cox, a professor at Harvard Divinity School entitled A Feast of Fools. So he's, he's not just being like, Oh, let's just make them this way. It's it's still I'm trying to say the words, but sometimes my English fails me. But it's it makes it more relevant to now. And in this, they're not going to be hippies in this production because they're updating it for a 2000 teens audience. So they're going to be dressed in very casual clothes. There's still the humor, but they will make uh, reference to things that happened now rather okay. than back in the 60s or back in 33 AD or so on and so forth. It has had some controversy, mostly with the flower child clown portrayal of characters as well as its ending. Oh. Yes. Okay. Because... Is it because they spoil the Bible? Well, no. They don't focus on the dogma of the show. Or of, not of the show, of the Bible and of Christianity. Instead, we're going to be focusing on the message. So... Lay gasp! My... Oh. Yeah, it, it focuses on the root. The message of the show is love and caring for your fellow man. And you don't have Jesus as this elevated figure in Godspell. Jesus is your best friend. Jesus is a more down-to-earth yeah. individual. And they and in having the disciples also telling the story, it puts them on the same playing field as Jesus, where it's like, yeah, we're all companions. Yes, Jesus is the teacher in this instance, but 
in learning from Jesus, we're also saying the same message of goodwill and loving your fellow man and love thy neighbor as thyself. And so they don't focus on the messianic no. quality of them. No, they. Which, when you're saying that they don't, it's less dogma, more message. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I can see why you like this, and I'll probably yeah. like it too. Yeah, and so it's it's very like yes, they preach the Bible in this show, but it's not the it's it's not the fire and brimstone there are a few fire and brimstone lines but that's because that was from that book that is from matthew and oftentimes it's fire and brimstone going if you're a horrible person to other people if you ignore the poor if you ignore the people who need help you don't get to join god you don't get to go there because you are putting money above God and above other people. You're putting money above your fellow man, and that's not okay, because if you love your fellow man, you love God. It is easier for a camel to slip through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yes, exactly. That's They don't say that exact line, but yeah, they mention that, that it's like you can't love God and money. That's one of the lines from the show. I'm excited to to uh, watch this. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll like it. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's one of my favorite shows, not just because of the music, but because of the message. Um, this show did come out before Jesus Christ Superstar, and um, sometimes you get it compared to it, and that's kind of what we're going to probably end up doing in our next Weber week in a few episodes. I'm because... down with that, because I haven't seen Jesus Christ Superstar either, Yeah, and I think it would be probably a good idea to compare the two. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to look and see which version we do of that, because there's a stage version that we can find, or there's the uh, movie that was made for it. And I remember seeing the movie for Jesus Christ Superstar when I was a kid, and I was just like, this is really depressing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I wore out my VHS of Godspell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that lets you know. Yeah. And I mean, this was back when I was, you know, reading the Bible every day, so... Yeah. Let's you know which show is a little bit better. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> You've got, I, you've got me hyped. You're a good, you're a good hype woman. Why, thank you. So, uh, we're going to go and take a brief intermission and go watch Godspell. And I'm really excited. I'm, let, let's go. Let's, let's go watch. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go watch this. I'm, let's make it so. Yes. Alright, Warren. It's time for the best part of every intermission. Getting snacks that we can't bring back into the theater? Even better. Now that the lights are back up, we can look into the playbill. This week we have some exciting news with our Patreon sponsors. Our alpha sponsor, Jasmine Wu, is now joined by Bianucci. We have two sponsors, Kay. Sweet. This is super exciting. I can't believe that we have two sponsors already on our show. And thank you guys so much for 
contributing to our show. We greatly, greatly, truly, truly appreciate it. And we can't thank you enough. Thank you truly from the bottom of our hearts. Seriously, guys, thank you so much. And here's a message from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. Alright, so what'd you think? Prepare thee for my response. Prepare thee for my response. Um, so I, I liked it as a musical. Uh, I am actually very, very conflicted yeah. with this. Um, and I, I was thinking about I was kind of silent after this was over because I knew we had to come in here and record and I'm trying to think very much about what to say because this is a musical theater podcast Mm -hmm. and I should give my opinion in the context of musical theater Mm -hmm. and not on my personal feelings regarding certain things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. specifically in this case, religion. Um... But I feel like, I feel like in order to, because I feel like this is going to be really short, mm-hmm. unless I elaborate at least a little bit. Because I did not take very many notes on this. This is, yeah, I took the least amount of notes that I've I taken. Noticed, I was kind anything. of like, ooh. <laughs> so it, it's it's not, it wasn't like bad. So uh, a brief brief synopsis of my religious experience is that I was not raised with any religion. Uh, both my parents were raised pretty devout in a in a type of Christianity, um, but by the time I was born, they had both had a crisis of faith and were no longer practicing. And when I was being raised, I was kind of raised with Christian values, but no Christian dogma. Yeah. No stories, no church, no Bible readings, nothing, but I was raised with the overall be a good person and Mm -hmm. i was not even raised with be a good person because god is watching i was raised with being good be a good person because it's the right thing to do yeah and uh i do have some issues with stuff in christianity specifically the needing to be saved yeah aspect of it so while watching this i really really appreciate the morals. I really appreciate mm-hmm. the be a good person, love thy neighbor, yeah. you know, love thyself, do good deeds without expecting reward, do good deeds without flaunting that you're doing good deeds. Just the <laughs> I love the 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 one sentence summary of Christianity is 
don't be a douchebag. Yes. And I really appreciate that message. Just mm -hmm. don't be a douchebag. And I, I kind of feel like I, I really like that without the the uh, the fluff of the dogma and the fluff of the rituals and yeah. all of that stuff. So I really did enjoy the musical, mm -hmm. but it definitely uh, invoked some emotional responses from me. Yeah. Um, which which I, I, I feel like it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair uh, that it probably is supposed to. Um, I think any... I think any artist, when they create a work, they want mm -hmm. to invoke an emotional response. Theater yeah. is no different. I'm sure that the writers of Batboy love the fact that I was mourning Edgar for yeah. weeks after. Because they're yeah. like, yeah, he was emotionally vested in what we wrote. So, yeah, so I, it's true. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying really hard to, I don't know, I'm just really trying hard to formulate my true feelings about the show mm -hmm. because overall as a musical i really really enjoyed it mm -hmm. um when compared to other musicals we've done it's not my favorite yeah and I, which is fair and i just i think that's just because of my personal issues with mm -hmm. uh, the commercialization of corporate religion that's that's yeah. the synopsis of it so you know to to clarify if you're religious that's totally fine i'm not mm -hmm. saying that you suck or anything like that i'm just if it works for you that's great i just hope that whatever religion you follow you follow the the tenets of of love uh and not necessarily all the dogma that goes with it um because i do feel like that's where i get my hang up yeah um, regarding that that being said i have eight notes <laughs> about this show and it stopped before we got halfway through the first half mm -hmm. just because partly they're, they're i mean they're just going through religious lessons in music mm -hmm. and not even in the same way uh that joseph did mm -hmm. joseph was because joseph was telling a story he's telling the story of mm -hmm. joseph um and i guess you know this is really just jesus's Sermon on the Mountain, or Sermon on the, the yeah, Sermon it's, on the it's Hill. Yeah, it's a collection of Jesus' sermons, because that's kind of what the Book of Matthew was. Um, Book of Matthew was more the sermons. Book of Mark had, I'm trying to remember, with Mark, Luke was more the miracles. Um, so Matthew is more the message, rather than the, hey, look all the cool things that Jesus did. It was more of, hey, this is what Jesus said to do. Because um, if you take it as the context of Jesus being a rabbi, then a lot of the lessons are like, oh, okay, well, these are lessons he was trying to tell to other Jewish people to be a good person, yeah. rather than... And the, and the thing was, Jesus was very counterculture for his time, yes. because the Old Testament is an eye for an eye. It is very much, you know, if a man cuts off your hand, you're allowed to cut off his hand. It was very, yeah. very vengeful in a lot of ways. And um, Jesus was very counterculture to that in that he was like, no, you know, we need to be loving. We need to be forgiving mm -hmm. because being in loving and forgiving does more for the world than, you know, an eye for an eye. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of like social, there's a lot of peaceful protesting 
like the um, if a man in authority asks you to go a mile with him, go with him too. That's a way to be like um, protesting the Romans in a way. Same as if a man slaps you on the cheek, turn the other one because they can't do that. They're, you're supposed to react, and if you don't react, then they can't hurt you again because it's unprovoked. Yeah. And so it's it's all, if you think of it historically like that, um, then a lot of the just basic sermons and stuff makes a little bit more sense for the time. Um, and I mentioned it during the show, but um, this wasn't really written by Christian writers either. Because Stephen Schwartz is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who wrote most of the music. I'm pretty sure um, Mike Tebelak, if he was Christian, he wasn't like the mainstream at the time for the 60s and 70s, which was still pretty judgmental, like more so than today. Um, that's where, like, pre-Vatican II and everything. and. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate the the tone of the musical. I absolutely yeah. appreciate the tone of the musical because it's, of course, it's more about the lessons and the morals and, and being a good person more than it is focusing on the death of, yeah. of Jesus. Because, Jesus Christ Superstar, you are probably not going to uh, like at all. That's that's okay. We need to watch I it. I don't like it either. So. We need to watch it. And I just, because that's an aspect of, of mm-hmm. Christianity that I really don't respect is the Mm -hmm. emotional manipulation regarding the death and Mm -hmm. how much they try to guilt you into Mm -hmm. believing um uh, sorry i I feel bad because like this is i'm like looking at my notes and i'm like even though i have eight notes i don't really feel like i can use any of them i feel like what i can say about this is that i liked the actors i liked the performance i liked the way that they try to do a lighthearted, I like the way that everybody was kind of silly and like everybody mm. was participating in every scenario, you know? So yeah. every situation, like you had people who would be the bad guy in this scenario and then the very next scenario, they'd be the victim. And it was just a great way of, of showing these uh, stories and kind of having the people act them out. And then mm-hmm. the Jesus actor would come through and just kind of explain it. Here is what this means. Yeah. And the way it was done, it was very well done. It was entertaining, and the songs were definitely catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've heard a song or two of this that you'll play every mm-hmm. now and then in the car, and and uh, so I had that very small yeah. knowing of it from before. But um, you know, and <laughs> I definitely appreciate every every parable regarding you know you can't love God and money. Yeah. You can't. You can't be a wealthy person who hoards resources and be a, mm-hmm. you know, be in service of God. Like by being in service of God, you're helping others. If you have a lot, you need to help others with it. That's yeah. how you serve God. And so I, of course, appreciate those um, morals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just I just get really hung up on the other stuff. Yeah, and, which is understandable. <laughs> so, and I, just, I, I don't know. I feel. I feel a little, not I shouldn't say I feel blindsided. I feel a little um, ill-prepared, I guess, because mm-hmm. I know how much, I also feel a little bad, because I know how much you like this show. Yeah. You and I have very different 
backgrounds when it comes to yeah uh, religion in general. Um, and yeah, because I was I so my mom is ex-Catholic, and she and my grandparents kind of decided when I was born we're not baptizing you, um, and they were going to let me choose. So my mom exposed me to Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Mormonism, uh, Hinduism, everything just to see what I wanted to choose. And for a little bit, I thought about joining the Mormon church because when we moved out to Utah, that was the church. The thing, Um, yeah. And then that didn't happen. And then we uh, ended up in a Lutheran elementary school after... My mom got us kicked out of the school I was in, (laughs) and they had promised not to expose me to too much religion, because that was my mom's big deal, was you cannot pressure my daughter to join any religion. Which I think that's kind of hilarious that they said that they would do that, because I almost feel like they'd look at her and be like, you know where you are, right? Well, and like they explained to her, oh, well, we do read from the Bible, and it wasn't an issue until I went to sixth grade and then they were pushing really hard because eighth grade is when you do confirmation and the and I did not tell my mom how hard they were pushing because I remembered you remembered the mama bear I remembered that she's a mama bear and so we like I kind of converted myself out of survival yeah, which I, I I mean I get that I never went to I went to public schools and everything mm. and I I never I never had and my interesting version of that is I never had any issue with my peers regarding religion mm-hmm. until junior high when we moved from one end of Utah to the other mm-hmm. and suddenly it, I was surrounded by people who was like oh you're not this religion then it's like they they yeah. they definitely treat you differently. Um, didn't matter, you know, what kind of person you were, if you weren't part of this particular religion, you were lesser than. Yeah. And so that was kind of when I got my, my ingraining of a a distasteful organized religion. Well, and that was the thing too, is that it wasn't until junior high that I started getting exposed to the dogma. Because when you're a kid, um, they expose you more to the parables and the sermons, of be a good person, do this, do that. Once you hit sixth grade, you're having to learn the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, books of the Bible, like having those memorized, um, depending on which synod of Lutheranism and which uh, form of Christianity you're in. Um, And I struggled, too, because my mom had exposed me to so much that I was getting wires crossed in my theology class, so it would be, well, you know, what's the Holy Trinity? And I'm going, well, there's God the Father and the Holy Spirit, but they're three separate people, which is a tenant, I want to say, with Mormonism. But in Lutheranism, they're the same person. Just aspects of the same person. Yeah. And it's the dogma just was my hang-up, but I kept trying so hard, and it honestly got really i i want to say that this show is one of the only holdovers of dogmatic christianity if you can even call it that because 
the most dogmatic it gets is trying to be as verbatim for some of Jesus's sermons as it can be, because you don't want to piss off the people who are going to be coming to see it. Yeah, which is true. But, like, starting in freshman year of high school, that was when I started realizing I was not straight. And this show was the only holdover because it was one of the only things that wasn't saying you're not worthy because you're not straight. Because they never say that once. Mm -hmm. They say, hey, be a good person. Don't be a jerk. Love Jesus if you want. But really, just don't be a jerk. Often it sounded like love, like the tone, the thing I often got from that is it was like, love Jesus or else. Like, yeah, love God which or else. Is and the, that is that's kind that, of thing always makes me laugh a little bit. But. That is the verbatim stuff, because... You've got to remember, this was old Judaism. Yeah, yeah. So, it's because it, Jesus was a rabbi. I'm sorry, he was. Even if he's the son of God, you can still be a rabbi. <laughs> that They're a teacher. If Jesus is a teacher, mm -hmm. just, you know, accept that part too. Don't just say, oh, he was a miracle worker. Except that he was a teacher. Except that he was trying to teach you to be a good person and then do that thing. Well, just it almost very much feels like Jesus was a revolutionary within his own church. Which yeah. you see, I mean, you've seen that throughout the history of Christianity. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it starts with Catholicism in the, the, the Christian bubble. And, mm -hmm. you know, from there you get, you know, the Puritans, Lutherans, you know, mm -hmm. every every single splintering is just a different version of christianity that goes yeah we believe in this except for you know a b c and d like yeah so it almost kind of <laughs> like you know the argument could be well i'm not, actually not going to go that way um i w do really like in the very beginning of the musical i can't remember it verbatim but uh where the one person says it's hard to believe god would create a human with a mind that he's not supposed to oh, use yeah i i had forgotten to tell you about how they open this show when we were going in, because I usually let you go in completely blind. So they open the show with the song called Tower of Babel. Now, do you know what the Tower of Babel is? So, okay, my very broken and largely inaccurate understanding of the Tower of Babel was that there is a period of ancient, according to the Bible, there's a period of ancient humanity after Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden mm -hmm. where all humans lived together in mm -hmm. one city and they built the Tower of Babel. And if I remember correctly, they were supposed to be like, okay, now I'm probably getting my wires crossed. They were either trying to build a tower to reach heaven or they were just high on themselves going, we don't They were high on themselves. Okay. They were high on themselves going, we're so great, we're so great. And I don't remember if it was God or angels, but the power, Tower of Babel was destroyed and man was was scattered to the corners of the earth and I can't remember cursed or forced to speak different languages so that man could not come together again to build another tower to challenge God. You've pretty much got that right. Oh, nice. Like, on the nose. Good job. Sweet. So, yeah, that's what that's supposed to be. And then John, the Baptist, coming in and saying, prepare ye the way for the Lord is sort of the unification there of, hey, let's all be one people. Let's all get ready, and then he kind of goes fire and brimstone, because that's 
the time. And well, it's a bit of the Old Testament. I mean, the Old Testament is fire and brimstone. Because yeah. the God of the Old Testament is very wrathful. Like, yes. I mean, just very not a nice God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that in my notes. Just, well, I mean, it starts out with babble, 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 babble. You know, I can't hear a lot of what they're saying because it's just going babble over each other until they start getting more into the musical. But then they're doing prepare ye the way for the Lord. And I'm like, how much preparing does the Lord need? You know, because they <laughs> do that for a while. Um and then they have multiple parts where Jesus is telling them, oh, you know, be good to your brother because otherwise you won't receive, you know, mm-hmm. your your reward in heaven. And so I had it down there. I was like, forgive your brothers or else. Because that's often, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I, I dislike that that um, overall message of be good or else. I, it's it's the, I mean, it sometimes is the only thing no, that and, works, and which and, sucks. And that's the thing, it that's the thing sucks, I have to remember but... is that you know, especially in older periods of human history, humans are incredibly primitive to mm-hmm. an extent. And I always somehow forget that in that largely what motivates us is self-interest. What's mm-hmm. in it for me? So I guess I would rather have people who are being good because they're thinking to themselves, I'll get mine later mm-hmm. rather than people who are just being terrible all the time. Like, I, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's an imperfect way but i'd rather it be imperfect than completely broken exactly and there is no such thing as perfection there's no such thing as perfection that's true perfection is an ideal to aspire to uh and then the the song day by day i uh sorry uh, it's a day day by day day by day let's talk about to see thee more clearly to love thee more dearly and to follow thee more nearly yep. right um and of course with my my emotional damage i'm like yeah i need to see you more clearly before i can do the other two so well, <laughs> what's interesting about that song little side tangent is day. that was like a chart topper for a while when really? it first came out yeah hmm. um my mom actually hates that song because it was on the radio <laughs> all the time but she was like, oh, well, you sang it, so I guess it's better now <laughs> when you sing it, but not, no other time. It's funny, your mom and I have that same opinion. of it. I, A song that I might not like, if you sing it, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I like it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I did really like the line, do not, do not make show of your religion before men, or you will receive no reward. Mm-hmm. I did really like that. The, I don't know, I like this thing, and I really liked a lot of the stuff in this musical with just mm-hmm. you know for christ's sake be a good person just exactly just because you don't need to to flaunt anything in front of other people like yeah be do good things without expecting reward do good things without wanting people to see you do good things because mm-hmm. um, it does i mean it honestly does kind of take away from the good deed if you're just turning around and mm-hmm. oh my god that actually reminds me We've been watching the show Lucifer on Netflix, yes. and there is actually an episode in that where Lucifer is getting high on doing good deeds for people, mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to like do other good deeds in order to get that feeling of like, huh, I'm helping people. This feels good for me. And then yep. he's just, just all, well, it doesn't feel the same. There must be something wrong with what these people, because I'm not feeling as good as I was. Yeah. And it does kind of make me think of that a little don't, bit. Don't show, don't make a show of the good things you're doing, y'all. Yeah. Don't do that. 
And then, uh, of course, I think I touched on this before, but no man can serve God and love money. Hint, mm-hmm. hint, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could, I could, I could preach that parable all day long. I did um, laugh at how so. Normally, their parable of the rich man and Lazarus, they don't, they just have it be a rich man and then Lazarus. <laughs> but as I had said before we started this episode, um, they do a lot of pop culture in various productions of this show. To make it culturally and relevant. It, it to make just it, warmed yeah. the cockles of my heart when they made Trump be the rich man that went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> objectively speaking if you build giant towers and plaster your name on it mm-hmm. that seems like right out of the old testament yeah like i i don't i don't like saying where i well i'm black and i'm bi so it's obvious where i am politically <laughs> actually i thought it was because you were thinking feeling human that too and you know i'm I don't even know what I am religiously anymore because uh, I don't practice spir- anything. Spiritual non-religious. Yeah. I don't practice anything other than don't be a jerk to other people. And when you can afford to help someone, help someone. But yeah. I learned the hard way. Don't help someone out of your own means. Yeah. Don't give more than you can. <laughs> yeah. Because that was, that was a total mess of high school. But, uh, it just, it, it warmed the cockles of my heart that they were doing that because you know that someone was mad. Absolutely. You know it's that just... someone was mad. Like, no, he's a good Christian. He's not. No, I'm sorry. That, he, that it's, is it's the right opposite there. of you, Christianity. It's right there. You can't serve God and yeah. love money. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things that, again, I love about Godspell because, and you'll see it with Jesus Christ Superstar, they do not focus on the messages at all. It's just all about the sacrifice. This, the sacrifice is only at the end, which is yeah. where it should be. <laughs> and it's, it's touched on very briefly. Yeah, um, I mean, because they have the one song with him, you know, Oh God, I'm bleeding, then Oh God, I'm dying, Oh God, mm-hmm. I'm dead. And so they really just have one song. Because you do have the little bit of the buildup, because first you have, you know, the Last Supper song where he's singing to them and then tells them, When you will betray me? Mm-hmm. And then... It did make me laugh when it's going through all of them. Is it me, Jesus? Is it me, Jesus? And then Judas stands up and they shine a spotlight on him. Mm-hmm. Is it me, Jesus? <laughs> and it was like, hmm. they, they did kind of ham fist a couple of these scenes. Because um, that one usually is a little bit quieter of a scene. Like, Judas's response is just a, is it I, Lord? And then go, those do your, what you must be done. Said, those are your words, not mm-hmm. mine. Go do what you must do or whatever. Yeah, so, go whatever do what must be done. Um, and do what as, you feel must be done. Yeah, same as with the uh, woman being threatened to be stoned. It's usually a much quieter scene when everyone's realizing that they cannot cast the first stone. Because they are not without sin. Because they are not without sin. Which I love that too. I do. I have always really liked that that parable. Mm-hmm. The... Well, that one's not a parable. Well, not a parable, That's but... A... Um, <laughs> He who is without sin cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. Just I like that general message, but um, I I'm reminded of just based on the the Judas betraying Jesus part. I want to di- uh, divert real quick to one of my <laughs> Robin Williams comedian Robin Williams, God rest his soul, um, had a really great thing in one of his bits where he's talking about 
Jesus at the Last Supper, and saying, One of you will betray me. And Peter said, Is it me, Jesus? No, Peter, it is not you. And uh, John, Is it me, uh, Jesus? No, John, it's not you. Judas said, Is it me, Jesus? And Jesus went, Is it me, Jesus? <laughs> and so yeah. when, they, when they do that, that's what I always think of as just kind of snarky Jesus. Yeah, I, you know, it's... Uh, oh, I actually have a note that I was going to tell you about, um, since we're in that part of the show. Yes, please say more stuff, because I have no more notes. So, um, one of the big controversies of Godspell is that they don't show Jesus being resurrected. Ah, that's true, I didn't notice that. And um, he just is gone. He's just gone. And Which, in sometimes a way, kind of... they don't even do that. Sometimes they just end with them singing the Long Live God. And that's... So, the revival adds in the We may not reach the ending, but we can start from Beautiful City over the Long Live God and the Prepare You the Way of the Lord, which makes more of an impact than the original did. And that's what sets this apart from every other version of Godspell, um, because it opens up this message, and I'm going to read Schwartz's notes regarding this. This is, again, verbatim from his script notes. Um, Over the years, there's been comment from some about the lack of an apparent resurrection in the show. Some choose to view the curtain call in which Jesus appears as symbolic of the resurrection, Others point to the moment when the cast raised Jesus above their heads. So sometimes they'll carry Jesus out, doing the long live God. Um, while either view is valid, both miss the point. God's spell is about the formation of a community which carries on Jesus' teachings after he is gone. In other words, it's the effect Jesus has on the others, which is the story of the show, not whether he or himself is not whether or not he himself is resurrected. Therefore, it's very important at the end of the show that it be clear that the others have come through the violence and pain of the crucifixion sequence and leave with a joyful determination to carry on the ideas and feelings they have learned during the course of the show. That is Stephen Schwartz's notes on this show. And it's one of those things that I have seen people get upset about. And back when I was really trying to be devout, I was kind of like, well, what gives? Because um, I had first seen it done at the Lutheran high school, and they did resurrect Jesus at the end. And then I find out that that's not in the script, and the movie does not resurrect Jesus. And that kind of bugged me for a while until I was actually in the show and read the script notes and went, oh, Oh, this makes more sense. It's about the community. It's not about Jesus. Yes, you have to have Jesus giving these parables because that's how they form. But, you know, just just carry on the lessons. Don't get mired in the dogma of it. Don't get mired in the ritual. Don't get mired in all the fluff. Yeah, which I, I absolutely agree with that. Be a little bit... Uh, I guess not materialistic. There, so I was I was thinking of this analogy that I had a teacher talk about. That was there's the materialism, and then the uh, ice that's a cake, and then the icing is the idealism, the religious fluff. The materialism is what it does, like regards to um, 
your own physical well-being, like, don't eat pork because you can't grow it in this climate. But then the idealism is the religious reason. So the materialism here would be, don't be a jerk, and don't be a rich jerk bag who doesn't um, help out your fellow man. And the idealism I sing would be, because Jesus. <laughs> no, that's fair. So I guess, yeah, you're the, the metaphor being that uh, the cake is the substance, the actual material that um, is important, whereas the icing is the sugar coating that is concealing what the actual material is. Yes. And you don't fully understand what the material is until you get into it. Yep. And then you find out it's delicious chocolate and there's no raspberry in there. <laughs> and you don't have an anaphylactic reaction in the middle of a party with your co-workers. Would you say it's divine cake? It is divine cake. Divinely delicious? Divinely delicious. Magically delicious? Yes, magically delicious. Mm -hmm. It is, It is in fact, a chocolate marble cake. Ooh. And it's amazing. Now everybody listening wants cake. My work here is done. <laughs> Smokescreen. So but, so I do, I do want to apologize to anybody listening who um, might take offense to things that are being said it is not intended for it to cause offense um regarding and i you know because of course religion is an incredibly touchy subject mm -hmm. because it tugs at our soul and our emotional heartstrings very deeply for some i mean people who are very devout are very devout and they believe with their whole heart and when they hear someone else say that they don't necessarily agree it can be hard to interpret that as as not to not interpret that as being told well you're wrong and you're dumb for thinking this way that's not at all what trying to convey um Kay and i while neither one of us are are practicing we both strive to be the best humans that we can be and to treat mm -hmm. our fellow man the best way we can in the way that we would like to be treated and to help others when we can and and it's one of those things that we don't feel like basic human decency requires a supernatural pretense in order mm -hmm. to do it. Um, which is why I get so, I guess, emotionally charged is the word mm -hmm. um, regarding this subject material. So hopefully... Hopefully this episode, if you've been listening for a while, hopefully this episode doesn't make you hate us and not want to listen anymore because we do appreciate you listening and supporting this podcast. And we would prefer that people can have a difference of opinion but still find mutual enjoyment in things without having to agree upon everything all the time. Mm -hmm. um, Hopefully that made sense and wasn't just a bunch of rambling. It made sense to me. Yeah. And again, remember, like like Warren's saying, we all have different upbringings. We all have different... We, we all are walking different paths right now. And so it's okay if you don't agree with us on this. It's okay... I mean, we don't agree on where this musical is placed on our list. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is Kay's top of her list. And for me... While I enjoyed it, it's I wouldn't mm -hmm. say it's out of the ones we've done. It's not even in my top five. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. De not top three, but mm -hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it. But yeah. Yeah, it's 
for for me, if it's a show that's about religion that doesn't touch on the religion part too much, like the parts that made me go, oh, you guys are being exactly like what the religion is preaching against, then it's probably going to bump up there a little bit if it makes me feel nostalgic for when I was in third grade rather than make me feel like I was in sixth grade again. <laughs> if it'll make me feel like vacation Bible school, <laughs> then that's okay. If it makes me feel like when I had to teach vacation Bible school, <laughs> then we're not friends anymore. <laughs> well put. Well put. Yep. So I don't really have anything else to say. No problem. So that was Godspell. That was Godspell. Um, we sorry that we didn't really talk as much about the show itself. I honestly am kind of glad that we didn't have as many jokes with this one because I was worried. <laughs> See, yeah, because you know me, and I. Well, also I have a very irreverent sense of humor too. Yeah. It just doesn't come out as much because I would. I still have that little pastor on my shoulder <laughs> yeah and it, when i was typing stuff up um I, j I didn't really feel like making jokes because yeah. really it's just a lot of um really it's just a lot of by of uh, new testament morals mm -hmm. put to song and dance mm -hmm. with some very talented people yeah and, and written by someone who had no agenda with it yeah so it's it's i mean really a lot of people already know the story of the Bible uh, regarding uh, Jesus. So it's one of those things that it's, I don't really feel like I could, I could regale it that well. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a, it's not, I don't know. It, it's different than other musicals we've listened to. I, this is going to sound kind of, kind of bizarre. I kind of put this in the way that it's done. Um, almost on the same level as you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Yeah. So, but the difference being is Charlie Brown is a bunch of non-related mm -hmm. things that are just, it's just, it's, it's, it's squirrel, 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 mm -hmm. squirrel, like going all along while, you know, this, it's a bunch of interconnected stories strung together to try and teach some morals that results in, you know, Jesus dying at the end, spoiler alert. Um, mm -hmm. But then, remember, that's not the focus, that's according not the to focus. Stephen Schwartz. Yeah, it's of course, that's not the, the focus. The community. It's, but, yeah, and so it's, it's, I don't know, it's difficult to This is about. one that can't be, like, for me, it's easy to rate because I have the... I mean, you were in it twice. I was in it twice, and I have the background for it, and it doesn't give me the same sort of visceral feeling that I get when I listen to Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Prepare. I have been preparing for that one, by the way, because I've been trying to desensitize myself to the feelings that I feel with that show so that I can sit with you and watch it and not. <laughs> but we probably won't ever watch Jesus Christ Superstar again after we do that episode. I'm okay with that. This one, I will show you the ones I was in. And I would like to see that. Yeah. I, I felt like it wouldn't be fair to have you watch a show I was in as one of our shows? I mean, it basically would have just been me going, it probably would have been the same except for me going, but the parts you were in were really cute. But yeah. The parts you sang were great. Yeah. But, like, even... And I feel like it's not fair to do that. Cause I do have, I do have some tapes of productions I was in that shouldn't exist, but they do. 
that some covert motherly <laughs> some, figure. So, oh no, this was not my mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> this was someone who we were like, wait, you have the tapes of this? Do you <laughs> want to you share? You do? Brilliant. Nice. Okay. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, it's it's one of those shows that, like, for me, it's rated high up. But that's because A, I'm a musical theater person, B, I tried to raise myself Christian, and C, you know, I just, I have this background with it. So that's why I can rate it, but it's okay that it's not high on your list. Mm. It's okay if it's outside of the list. It's fine. You know, that's actually pretty accurate is to say that it's outside of the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's it's kind of floating in this limbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I would, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Godspell is kind of floating outside of my list of musicals in a limbo of thought and emotion. Mm-hmm. Which, they did their job. They did their job. <laughs> so, um, like I said, that was Godspell kind of a non-traditional uh, tone-deaf episode here uh, for Easter week. But next week, we're going to be back to our usual fun and games because we're going to be doing a modernized version of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, West Side Story. Yes. That's the only thing I really know about that other than Cobras. No. There are no cobras in it. It's the name of one of the gangs, right? Oh, boy. My brain is telling me that I heard that from somewhere. I'm going to have to, like, look through every episode of Simpsons and Family Guy to see, because I do not know where you got the cobras. I don't know either. Okay, well... my brain, though. Well, now you'll you'll get to have that erased from your brain, and (laughs) you'll see that snapping... Is very threatening. Na 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 na. This is like spiking it into the red. Oh my gosh! Sorry about that. <laughs> so yeah, next week we'll be back to fun and games with West Side Story. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Tone Deaf. Deaf.